Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust Him in all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Good morning. Uh, my name is JD. If I haven't met you yet, I am continuing the series that we were on called Selah. Why don't you just say Selah? The word Selah means to pause in his presence, which is what I just made you do. Pausing in his presence, taking moments to just slow down and pause. Now, my question is have you paused today? You know, I, maybe, maybe you did, maybe you got up early, had your cup of coffee, read your Bible, or did something, something that just was slow and relaxing, or maybe you were out super late last night, enjoying the moments, stay up as long as you can, so you slept in as long as you could to get some kind of a decent sleep, got out of bed, threw on the clothes, got here, oh, I'm here. Or you were just chasing your children around this morning, trying to get them dressed, get them fed. You barely had time to brush your own teeth and you race out the door and get them into kids' class and get in the room. You already missed the first song and you're just like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. So maybe you've paused, maybe you haven't. Pause in his presence, Selah. Slow down, which for some of us, we might say, that is a luxury I cannot afford. I can't slow down. There's too much to do. I've got to do this, or I've just got too much on my plate, or whatever. It is hard to slow down. But this series is about spiritual practices. Spiritual practices, which is simply daily rhythms or routines that help us stay focused on Jesus. Things we need. So, so far in this series, we've covered worship and fasting and prayer, and if you missed any of those, I encourage you to go back and listen to those messages. They are very uh, encouraging, inspiring, um, practical things we need to create the rhythms in our lives that we need. And today, we're going to talk about Scripture. Why don't you just say Scripture? Scripture, the regular disciplined rhythm of getting in God's Word. It's going to be a little different today, especially towards the end, which is going to be, I'm excited. So, I think it's important off the start, if we're going to talk about Scripture, that you know that I, I speak for me, I speak for our church, that we believe, and I believe, that the Bible is God's perfect Word. Infallible, true, trustworthy, relevant still today. It is everything we need. It is without error. It is reliable. It is essential. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says this. It says, 
All of Scripture is God-breathed. In its inspired voice, we hear useful teaching, rebuke, correction, instruction, and training for a life that is right so that God's people may be up to the task ahead and have all they need to accomplish every good work. All Scripture is God-breathed. That's a big statement. I love that statement, and I think it's such an essential. If you're like, well, what do I think about the Bible? That is a verse to just digest and spend some time on. God has spoken in this book in a way that is difficult, historic, beautiful, unique, and the Bible also doesn't pretend to be easy to understand for what it's worth. Paul, one of the writers of half the New Testament, he acknowledges the mystery to believers like us. He says, uh, he says in Ephesians 3 verse 4, he says, when you read what I have written, you will be better able to understand the depth of my insight into the mystery of the anointed one. The mystery of the anointed one. So it's not all laid out perfect. It's like, oh yeah, I got it. Totally understand it. There is a mystery to God's word. And the Bible itself is the first to acknowledge, like, it's not all going to make sense. You're not going to know what to do with this or what this means right away, but that's why we spend time in God's Word, and we're going to talk about that. Now, uh, author John Mark Comer, he shared a great illustration. Uh, it goes like this. It's, compare the Bible, which is God-breathed, to a master musician playing an instrument, okay? When you hear that amazing music, whatever instrument you think of, and it is just, it's beautiful, and when you hear that amazing music, is the music coming from the instrument or the musician? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is skill and breath coming from outside the instrument, but it is working through the instrument. Scripture is God-breathed. Is it divine or is it human? Yes. Vast wisdom and truth and knowledge and insight and revelation flowing and breathing through human perspectives and narratives and story. Yes. Scripture is God-breathed. And admittedly, the Bible can be hard to understand at times, and to be honest, all good literature is. That's why so few people read it. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize-winning books are often not necessarily the ones, if you were to throw one out there, most people in this room probably wouldn't have read, haven't read some of those because they're complicated and complex, but they can be life-changing. Now, this book is not just a book. We're not putting it, lumping it in the same category as other great reads. It's not just an autobiography about God or written by people. It is so much more. God's Word, in fact, is described as medicine, which brings healing to our lives, Proverbs 4.22. It's a lamp and a light. It guides us through life. It lights the path before us, Psalm 119.105. It's a mirror. It makes us take a look at ourselves, James 1.23-25. It's a fire that refines us and a hammer that convicts us, Jeremiah 23.29. And it's a sword that cuts to the core and exposes 
Hebrews 4.12. We'll actually look at this one. Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says, The Word of God you see is alive and moving, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing the divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and will of the heart. Wow. Alive and moving, judging the thoughts and the will of the heart. You know, the Hunger Games didn't do that for you. It did not judge your heart, <laughs> you know, or whatever self-help book you want to pull out. Uh, it can't do that. This is so much more than a book. This is God's word, his truth, alive and active and moving. So, what do we do with that? Well, I want to encourage us today, don't just read the Scriptures, let the Scriptures read you. Now, that might sound like some kind of Yoda statement or something, but don't just read the Scriptures, let the Scriptures read you. Peer into your life, pull out what needs to be pulled out. I wonder for you, what is waiting to be revealed to you through Scripture? If you were to open this up today or tonight or this week and you read anywhere, I mean, you can do the Bible bingo, whatever, but that's not usually the best way to do it. But if you were to spend time in his word, what might he want to reveal to you? God knows your heart. He knows your needs. He knows your situation currently. He can reveal answers to you as you open up to his leading. You know, and I've seen it. I've seen it uh, for myself and for others where it's like, I just, I don't, uh, I haven't opened my Bible in so long because I'm just overwhelmed with work and da, 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 and somebody stops and they're like, I just, I don't know, I, I guess I probably should. And I, they, they read something in their Bible and all of a sudden it's like, that's the answer to my business situation. Even though that verse didn't have anything to do specifically with my business situation, that's the answer I need. That's the perspective I need or this relationship issue or whatever. I had, I had a friend who, I mean, it's such an amazing story. A friend who was so confused about identity and lifestyle and where he was in his life. And I remember clearly the day when he read in the Bible a convicting thing that just stirred him to have to look at his situation, look at who he was, who he said he was, what he wanted in life, and to go, this is not lining up with what Jesus says is best for my life. And he surrendered himself to God's word and what God was doing through it changed it, let God change his heart, bring freedom to his life, and now he's a totally different person, free from these things, married, wife, kids, working in ministry, doing all this amazing stuff because he allowed the truth of the Word of God to change him, to not just read the Bible, but to let the Bible read him and bring out what needed to be brought out. So God wants to reveal as we pause in his presence and spend time in his word. Today's going to be good for that. I actually like that there's like a pretty chill vibe in here. And I'm guessing online, you know, like it's minus a million out. So, you know, you, you guys braved it. So you're physically in the room. So that's amazing. But there's also just like, okay, like I'm kind of relaxed and, and I, can, I can do that. And at home, you're probably still in PJs and whatever. But I actually kind of like that because I think today is, that's a good thing. It's good to pause we don't always have to be amped up about everything. 
good or bad, it, it's good to take moments. And so today I'm excited for the atmosphere here and what I believe it is in your house right now and what's happening. And so we must do it as we spend time in his word. If we're going to do that, guys, we need to do it from a place of submission and surrender. It is not, what do you got for me? What, what do I want to find in here today? What do I think I need? But rather to come and humbly say, God, what do you want to show me? What do you want to do in my life today? We're not trying to hunt until we find the answer we want. Hmm, what scripture can I make apply to this so I can convince? Can I use this verse to make her go out with me? Can I use, uh, you know, which... Fun side note, I tried this with my father-in-law. My wife's name is Joy, and so there's a verse where it's like, uh, you shall go out with joy. And so I tried to throw that at him, (laughs) but there's a verse that he quoted immediately back to me that says, my joy no man shall take from me. (laughs) So I lost that battle, but in the end, I still got her. So don't use the Bible (laughs) to try and like, how can I make this work for what I want? It's not the point. You could. It's actually not that hard to try and take stuff and twist it. Hello, go on social media. People are doing a darn good job of picking and choosing verses and saying, this is what it means, and it doesn't. Our world is doing a lot of that right now, twisting scripture, reinterpreting to fit an agenda. And so we must be authentic and have an authentic heart that we would allow to be transformed as we keep King Jesus our Lord. As we come and we humbly say, God, like, you first. Like, you decide what I need, what is happening, and we come humbly. Because I believe that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you one-on-one. Like, he is ready to have a conversation with you in so many ways. Walking in nature, in prayer time, in worship. But there is something about the word of God if you choose to not come at at it as a textbook for information, but to say, God, if you want to speak to me, I know you can do it through here. God would speak to you one-on-one and reveal things to you. I mean, think about it. If your only Bible intake is on a Sunday, if, if you're like, I haven't cracked my Bible all week and I'm just letting the preacher read the verses to me, if the only time your Bible intake is uh, what is said from stage on Sunday or podcasts you listen to or whatever, it's like, it's like chewing someone else's gum. <laughs> it's robbed of the original flavor. Now, you can still learn, and I hope you do. I can read a verse, and you can go, that's a great verse, and it can inspire you. And I could tell you what this verse means, and I could spend, I could spend my whole time talking one verse, and you would get something out of it. That is still legit and insightful, whatever. But imagine, and hopefully you've had this, imagine how much more powerful it is, though, when you were just reading your Bible, cup of coffee in the morning, and it just, boom, there it is. God reveals, like, I get it. I get what this verse is trying to say. I get how this is relevant to my life right now. There's, I believe there's more power in that than that secondhand pre-chewed gum scenario. There's more in that. And so, and it's available, you guys, like, any time. Hundreds of years ago, you didn't have the option of reading the Bible. You had to rely on secondhand information. Now you have the opportunity to ingest God's word, get that daily bread anytime you want. 
So I encourage us, like, we need to stop letting everyone else tell us what the Bible means. You can learn from this. I hope you do today and as well. But instead of just letting what, what everyone else tells us what the Bible means, you've been given the mind of Christ. You can get in the Word. You can properly interpret God's Word. I do feel I need to give a disclaimer. Uh, when I talk about interpreting God's Word, I don't mean just based on what you think it means and just like what you want it to mean. Because again, that's the problem right now in our world is there are so many progressive, bizarre interpretations of Scripture that are not right, but they've decided it is. So it's not about deciding what I want this to mean to me. It's about humbly saying, God, I can interpret. I can actually see revelation about what this means, but I want it to come through God's proper revelation and anything that goes through my head, like I think this is what it means. I'm also going to, you know what? We got 2,000 years of historical like church history to, to say, I think it means this. Let's look for 2,000 years. Is this lining up? Okay, great. Oh, it's not? Maybe I'm misinterpreting this. And so it's that humility as we approach it. And that's what we need to do. Read the word. I wonder, uh, if you've been a Christian, this is just a thought, there's, there's no definitive whatever, but this is just my thought on this. If you've been a Christian for at least five years, I just picked this number because I think it's realistic. If you've been a Christian for at least five years, I don't think you have a good excuse why you wouldn't have read your full Bible by then. And this isn't a co condemning statement, but I think that's a, that's a decent amount of time to be able to power through. If you were a Christian for like six months or a year, I'm like, well, that's... that's that's not easy. It takes, it takes, you know, it's like three chapters. Of, if you can read three chapters of the Old Testament and one of the new, you can, every day you'll make it through the Bible in a year. That takes intentionality. But I think after like five years, we probably don't have a good reason why. And I think it's actually important that you read all of it and not just pick and choose the parts you want to read or I'm just going to read this one over and over because it's my fave, but I don't really want to. Deuteronomy, Leviticus, number, why, why? Nah, I'm good. I, I, I think, part, here's why too. Would, don't you think it would be an awkward situation to be like, you're talking with someone and you're like, I believe in Jesus and like, I love the word of God. My life is just like based on the truths in here. And they're like, awesome. Have you read it? And you're like, well, like some, like the highlight parts, you lose credibility pretty quick. There is something to be said, and it also on the other flip side, we don't do it just to be able to check off, check off a religious, religious check mark and say, I did it, I'm good now. Jesus, you enter me into heaven, I have read thy word fully. Uh, you know, it's not just that. But there's something to be said about, I want, I want to consume all this. Every bit of it was included for a reason. All of it matters. All of it matters. With that said, there are different ways that we can read God's word, uh, you can jump in, you can do things like the 30-day shred. I tried this years ago. It's tough, but 30 days reading the whole Bible. Uh, you can jump into groups where you can do audio guides and take a, a chapter a day. That's something I do with some guys, and I love that. But I also think there's something to be said for like just sitting down, slowing down with your Bible, and just taking a moment. This is something, um, a practice we've, we've put into practice in my family, Monday to Friday before school. Everybody gets up, we come into the bonus room, we sit down, and everybody's reading. I'm reading out of this. My wife and daughter are doing their devotional on their phone. My boys are listening to the Bible on their iPads. And, and then afterwards, we quickly just say, hey, what was something you read today? 
you know, and, and sometimes it's, I like this verse or whatever. Sometimes it's, I read this chapter and I don't get it. Hey, that's fine. That still counts. But it was just, it's, it's meant to just encourage a daily rhythm. And then we pray and then we go on with our day. And I just think there's power in reading slow, in pausing in his presence. Sometimes we have to pause and it can be for different reasons. Um, sometimes we have to just step back and look at the whole picture. You're just like, sacrifices, land allotments, genealogies. I know Jesus is in here somewhere, but I don't know where. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to like, like, where are you, Lord, in this right now? And in other times, it's like, you just, it's like you just ate a buffet, and you're just like, that was so much. I don't even know what to take away from today. There was so much. I highlighted literally the entire chapter. What's the one verse I should focus on today or whatever? So it's good to slow down and pause, and there is power in doing that. So some quick tips on uh, slowing down, spending time. First off, I think it's just prioritize the word. Prioritize the word. Create time in your day. Just you in the Bible. No agenda. Open it up. God, what do you want to say? Grab a coffee. Find your happy place. Another one is to personalize the word. Uh, you can journal. You know, it's nice that maybe you're a journaler. It's like write down what you read today or something that stood out. You can draw pictures of it. I'm going to show you. So this is me. This is not, probably none of you have done this, but this is unique to me. And the point is, it's unique. You got to find what works. Here, show a couple of pictures. So these are a couple. I read these verses and this was in my head. Uh, know that the peace of God will stand watch over your heart and mind. And so there's Jesus just casually flicking away depression and anxiety. Okay, next one. Uh, we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. There's a visual for you. Uh, and then the next one, I read this proverb, and I really like this on tap tonight. Uh, Much like a gold ring in the snout of a pig, so is a beautiful woman who lacks good judgment, Proverbs 11.22. And that's what popped into my head. So <laughs> the point is, sometimes we just spend time, you just might linger on a verse. It's like, what does this mean to me? Like, what is what do I see or what, what, what is God trying to reveal? And you got to find what works for you. Another one is memorize the word. There is power in slowing down and memorize and be like, I want this in me. Uh, Billy Graham once said, the Bible is the only thing that can combat the devil. Quote the scriptures and the devil will run. You can pray the word. The Bible will become more real and applicable when you speak words into life and you apply it to your situation. You can meditate on the word and just simply ask God, like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Uh, Psalm 119, 130 says this. It says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I love that. The unfolding of your words. To the simple. Thank you, Lord, because I need that. Uh, give me understanding. I am a simple man. So unfold your words. Let me chew on it. Let me get it in me. Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I want it in me. And when I do, hey, so that I might not sin against you so I can live a good life, when God's word gets in you, it changes you. So, with all this said, some of you are still not convinced, and that's okay. You weren't swayed by any of that. You, you, whether you follow Jesus, maybe, or, or, or you're here and you don't, the Bible to you is like an add-on when it's convenient or necessary, and you're like, I'm not going to do what you're suggesting. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. Okay. Some of you, you agree with a spiritual practice, and you're like, this is a good idea, but if we're being honest, you're probably going to forget by the time you get home to try this. It might just happen. Some of you already do this, and you're like, I'm excited, this is a great idea, we should do it more, we should do this. Cool. 
So wherever you're at, here's the common denominator. You're all sitting here right now, and you're watching online. So I'm not just a talker, I'm a pusher, okay? What I like to do personally is I like to create moments for people to experience God. So that's what we're going to do. Perfect timing, Brianna. <laughs> She's setting the atmosphere. The rest of the message, this is what we're doing for the next few minutes. We're actually going to put into practice what I preached. We're going to, and I'm going to explain what we're going to do. We're going to read some portions of scripture, and I've just chosen ones that I have personally meditated on, taken some time on, that have stood out to me. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to go through it a certain way. We're going to read, meditate, pray, contemplate. We're going to read. I'm going to just read it out loud. It'll be on the screen. I'm going to read it out loud. You just follow along. Then we're going to meditate. I'm going to be quiet for a while, just like I've been doing this whole time. And it was awkward at the start. And you're like, what is he doing? But the point is, we're going to slow down and just look back at what we just read. What stands out to you? What, what, what triggers something for you? Good. What, what, what just, oh, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever taken the time to look through this. We're going to pray. I'm just going to pray after. I'll just pray something, I don't know, about the verse. I'm actually just going to try and pray the verse for us. And you can disagree with that. And then we're going to contemplate. A couple extra seconds. God, now that we've done all that, what are you stirring in my heart? What are you trying to show me? What does this reveal about you? So I want to encourage us as we do that, put away your phones. If your neighbor is scrolling beside you, I give him full permission. Pinch, just hard pinch him. But uh, we're going to do this for the next little bit. And if you're like, this is awkward, just, just humor a guy for a couple minutes. But I believe so much in the word of God that I need to just shut up and let God preach through his own word. So we're just going to jump into it. And we're going to do, I got five of these, okay? And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to start with a psalm because psalms are poetic. Sometimes that's an easy one to start. And so go ahead, guys. Let's put up the first one. All right. And so Psalm 86, Psalm 86, 15 to 17 says this, but Lord, you, uh, you are a God full of compassion, generous in grace, slow to anger, and boundless in loyal love and truth. Look at me and grant me your favor. Invest your strength in me, your servant, and rescue me, your handmaiden's child. Give me a sign so I may know your goodness rests on me. So now we're just going to be silent for a minute. Just look at it, whether you've read this verse or not. I wonder what, I wonder what stands out to you. Maybe nothing. Maybe you're like, well, it's nice. Or maybe right away you're just like, I want to believe you're a God of compassion, even though all my circumstances seem to imply you're not. I would like to believe that. I would like you to invest your strength in me. Whatever stands out to you. Now I'm going to pray it. Lord, I thank you that you are a God. We need to know that you're a God of compassion, that you're generous in your grace, you're slow to anger. Thank you that you give us love and truth. God, we could use your favor. We could use your strength. God, I want to know. I don't know what the sign would be, but Lord, it would be awesome if you gave me a sign so I could actually know that your goodness rests on me right now. Now just contemplate for a couple extra seconds. In light of all that, is God showing you anything different? Is he speaking to you in your situation?
You did it. There's one. We're going to do a few more. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a look at some hard words of Jesus. And what does this mean for you as a follower, okay? We're going to read some hard words of Jesus that sometimes the hard things in the Bible are like, skip, I don't know, I don't know. Here we go. Okay, so the next one is this. We are in Matthew 16, 24 to 26. If you want it, Jesus is talking. If you want to follow me, you must deny yourself the things you think you want. You must pick up your cross and follow me. The person who wants to save his life must lose it, and she who loses her life for me will find it. Look, does it make sense to truly become successful, but then to hand over your very soul? What is your soul really worth? you just read the whole thing through again. I'm, I'm just kind of still stuck on denying the things I think I want, trying to consider what is that? What does it mean to pick up my cross? It's good to contemplate sometimes. God, I do want to follow you. And on behalf of all of us here, I think we all, we, we desire to follow you, but it's hard. Denying ourselves the things that we think we want, picking up our cross, losing our life so we can find a God, a lot of that doesn't necessarily make sense to us, but you desire us to follow you, and I'll, I'll do it. God, would you help me deny myself the things I think I want so I can have what I know you actually want me to have, which might even be some of the same things, but some things might even be better. Thank you, Lord. Help me to pick up my cross, whatever that looks like this week at work with my family. Help me follow you. Let's look at a, a prophecy, which is word from God through um, his messenger, Jeremiah, for the nation of Israel. Now, sometimes prophecies are promises for us too. Sometimes they're just principles. Sometimes a prophecy can be like, what was said for them, I can claim that for me. Other times it's like, that was specifically for this group of people, but it's a principle about what God wants for his people as a whole. I can still hold on to that. And so let's take a look at this. Jeremiah 31, 33 says this. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after these, those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, they shall be my people. Hey, we sang those lyrics today. God, your law, at first, sound, law sounds like a negative thing, but God, I believe that you, your law is good and just, and you, the things you want us to do are right. The ways you want us to live are worth it. So God, put that law in us. Write it on my heart. Write it on our hearts. Thank you that you want to be my God. I want to be one of your people. Help us do that, Lord. 
Now, if you've only been picking or choosing your favorite books of the Bible to read and you haven't necessarily made it through, you probably have not read this next book, okay? Because you would only pick your top 10 favorites. This probably wouldn't have made it. Deuteronomy is a series of speeches from Moses calling the next generation to be faithful to God. And as they prepare to enter the promised land, uh, that is what he is encouraging them in. So hear these words as one devoted follower of Jesus imploring others to choose the same Deuteronomy 10, 12 uh, 12 to 13. And it says this. And now, Israel, what is the eternal your God asking of you? Only that you fear him. Live as he wants you to and love him. Serve him with every part of you, heart and soul, and obey his commands and rules, which I'm giving you today for your good. Okay, God, this is in the middle of one of Moses' speeches not the easiest book to get insight from, but Lord, what would you say to us through these verses? Thank you, Lord, that Moses, his last speeches before he sends the rest of them on his way and does not join them in a promised land, what would I say to my kids? What would I want my dad to say to me? What would, I, what would I pay attention to? Final words. God, thank you that these are important, that we would fear you like a holy, reverent fear, that we would live the way you want. We would love you. God, help us to serve you, to obey you. Ugh, obeying's hard, but I actually trust you enough to obey you. God, I want to follow after you. Take a moment again. God, what are you saying to me through this? Obscure scripture, you are speaking to me. And finally, let's absorb uh, insights from one of Jesus' closest followers, uh, John, and his words of encouragement, warning, encouragement and warning. He says this in 1 John 3, 2 to 3. It says this, My loved ones, we have been adopted into God's family and we are officially his children now. The full picture of our destiny is not yet clear, but we know this much. When Jesus appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. All those who focus their hopes on him and his coming seek to purify themselves just as he is pure. See, these are the kind of verses where it's good to just slow down and be like, there was a lot. There was a lot, right? What? And just like, there's a lot to unpack there. So guess what? You got the time. Unpack it. Thank you, God, that your word is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. God, you speak to us through all of these things, even when it's hard to understand but you bring understanding to the simple as you reveal your mystery. God, it's amazing to think that we've been adopted into your family, that we are your children, and we don't see the full picture of our destiny, but we know we want to be like you. We will be like you as we follow you. God, we want to purify ourselves like you are pure. God, you, you're the real deal, and we want to be like you, so help us, Lord. So, As we 
wrap up today. There you go. You did it. It's possible to just pause and reflect and spend some time with God in his word. I want to encourage you, if you want homework, I would, I would read all of Isaiah 53, okay? It's the suffering servant chapter. It's, it's a prophecy about Jesus hundreds of years before he comes. Just take some time and be like, how, how did they know to write this? How did they know that this is exactly what would happen? And what does this say about Jesus? I, that's just for you. Isaiah 53 would be a great one. Now you can and should spend your life pausing in his presence, meditating on God's word, because there's always something new, even when you have been reading the same verse a thousand times over. God can always be revealing something new. Can we stand? We're going to get ready to wrap up. I want to encourage you when it comes to this. Pick up the word. Dust it off if you have to. Hold it close. Listen to this quote. This is so good. As we pick up our Bible, we have to remind ourselves that we are one Holy Spirit breath away from a fresh encounter with the living God, and we focus on meeting him and wait for him to breathe on the passage. We read the text with attentiveness to his presence in the passage. We are looking for the moment when the Spirit breathes on the passage and stirs something in our hearts. We're looking for the opportunity to meet God in Scripture. If you want to know the God of the Bible, it starts with saying yes to Jesus, making him the Lord of your life. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We need the Word. We need Jesus. I want to invite us to pray. Can we just close our eyes? And, oh Lord, thank you for your Word. Thank you for the good things you do in us. If you're here today and you have not said yes to Jesus, if you've not given your life to him and ask him to be Lord, it has to start there. It has to before God can truly reveal anything because this whole Bible is about Jesus and what worked through the cross and what happened after. And so I just want to invite you to pray with me as we say yes to him. Why don't we just say, God, I believe that you are the author and the finisher of my faith. I want to believe in your word and the truth within it. Help me discover who you really are and who I really am as I pause in your presence. Thank you for dying for me, overcoming the power of sin and death. Thank you for coming back to life to give me new life. Forgive me my sin. By the power of your grace, I place my life in your hands and I receive forgiveness and a fresh start in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to end with this real quick and then we're going to wrap up. The verse that I started with I think is a prayer for us as we go. Psalm 62, 5 to 8. My soul waits silently for God alone for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Selah. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.